You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews at jaysfromthecouch.com, and this episode is brought to you by Bill Barr. Go to BillBar.com and you'll get 25% off your order with their Cyber Monday deal. And I've been teasing this for a couple episodes, so let's just do this. Alright, we are going to talk about the Blue Jays farm system, as I have said I'm going to do. Um, Last week, Mike Rosenbaum of MLB.com did his review on the state of Toronto's farm system. I thought it was worth checking out. And seeing just where the Blue Jays lie. Um, so I just want to talk about the... Um, well, let's talk about the top five first. And then we'll go a little deeper into the top 30. And see, you know, what we want to do with it. You know, it's a free-form conversation here on the podcast. So... I, I intend to keep it that kind of loose. So, um, yeah, I'm trying, I'm doing my best to pull up the rankings as well, like total, um, because they haven't actually released those yet, but the Blue Jays have been consistently ranked in the top 10. They were seven in mid, in the mid-season rankings in 2020. And of their top five prospects, four are ranked in the top 100. And three of them are former first-round picks. So um, while Rosenbaum was very quick to note that the Blue Jays will be trying to find value in the first round next year with the 19th overall pick in 2021, um... They have been rather successful lately in in getting that perceived value. Obviously, there have been some misses. Um, hi, Logan Warmuth. I really hope you're drafted in the Rule 5, because I don't need a reminder that you're still here. Um, but yeah, if you look at the top five prospects, three of them uh, were first-round picks. Like, that's... That's pretty good. And and four of the top five, I believe, were first-round picks, which is even better. Like, if you can if you can consistently hit on on your money picks, that's that's a sign that you're doing well. You want to be able to hit with those first rounders. Like the later you go in a draft, the more likely you're just gambling. You're going to take a shot at it and see what happens. But the Blue Jays have been very consistent in getting value with their first rounders. And, you know, even in those kind of later slots, like if we if we start with the number one prospect in the Blue Jays organization and he still hasn't graduated yet, so he's still number one. Nate Pearson, 28th overall pick. He's a... He's, um, the supplemental pick for the Blue Jays. And 
he developed an 80 fastball. For the for those who, are, who don't really know the the scouting system uh, for prospects, 20 is the lowest and 80 is the best. It's a grading scale that they have. So Nate Pearson's fastball is one of the best they've seen. And when you can regularly touch over 100 miles an hour, yeah, that's that's going to get it. Um, the Blue Jays took the gamble on him coming out of uh, the junior college of Central Florida. Not even like actual Central Florida, the junior college. But Blue Jays took that shot. Pearson's shown that when healthy, he can be a dominant force. That I think we all remember the uh, the couple of appearances he made late this season against Baltimore and then against Tampa Bay in the playoffs, where he struck out five of six batters. Pretty freaking good. Very excited to see him next year. I expect him to be in the rotation next year, and we'll just see how dominant he can be. Um... Number two on that top five for the Blue Jays is our first round pick from this year, Austin Martin, the fifth overall pick. Just a beauty all-around player. He looks like he could slot into shortstop or center field. Either one would be great. Um, he was going to take a little bit of time. I mean, he was just drafted, so probably won't be expected to contribute until 2022. But... He's a contact hitter, which the Blue Jays desperately need. He led the SEC in a batting average and on-base percentage in 2019. Batted 392, had an on-base of 486. Massive. I cannot wait for Austin Martin to be at the top of that Blue Jays lineup for a long, long time to come. And, and I'm hopeful he's able to do it, whether whether it is in center field, whether it's at third base, whatever. Just looking forward to it. May not be third base because of the number three prospect, Jordan Groshans, Toronto's 2018 first round pick. Um, they really liked him out of high school. Uh, they, they were able to draft him 12th overall and sign him below the slot value, which got Adam Kloffenstein in the fold as well. His teammate at Magnolia High. Um, Groshan's hitting hasn't developed as quickly as people liked. Um, he's had some injury issues. He had a left foot injury last year. That meant he only got like a month of baseball in. But he batted 331 at Bluefield the second he got up there. He's still only 21. Um... And he's actually a very good candidate to go to third base once he reaches the majors. And if he keeps hitting like he did in his very brief stint at Lansing, he's going to jump up quicker than people think. Um, MLB.com has him ticketed for 2022. At this rate, he could be up here a lot sooner. Um... And then number five is the other Blue Jays first rounder in this bunch. That'd be Alec Manoa. Uh, he was the first rounder in 2019, taking 11th overall out of West Virginia. Right-hander who's also got a plus fastball, pairs it with a, a above-average slider and an average changeup. So he's got three pitches he's working on. He's only 22. He's still got time to develop a little bit. Um... 
in six starts with Vancouver in 2019, he had a 2.65 ERA, held opponents to a 2.13 batting average, struck out 27 in 17 innings, off to a great start. People are already starting to project him for at least the back end of the Blue Jays rotation. Probably not next year, but 2022 is another good target year for him. 2022 is when we're going to see just how good this team can be when, when a lot of these guys come up. But that's 2017 through 2020, all four first-round picks, top five prospects. That's good. That's what you want. You don't need to be relying on these guys that just come up out of nowhere and and are, are able to steal that spot. If you're able to draft well, that's what sets you up for those Lindor deals. That's what sets you up for being able to have that consistent depth that keeps a team at the top of the game as opposed to just, you know, streaking by like a comet and then falling back to earth. And the number four person who the Blue Jays got is the guy they got for Marcus Stroman and Simeon Woods Richardson, second round pick by the Mets in 2018, um, who's drafted at the age of 17. So there, there was a lot of projection there. But he rocks four different pitches already at age 20. He's got a lot of control well beyond his years. He made 26 starts in 2019, went 6-10 across uh, low uh, against, um, what is it, like medium A, I guess, the Mets team in Columbia was. That's where he was 3-8. He went to Dunedin, was 3-2 with a 2.54 ERA in six starts and a, he had a whip of 0.88 really impressive considering he was a teenager at that time still can't legally drink in america but he, he looks good i would i would not be surprised if he's actually mentioned in any lindor talks because like it's going to take a couple pro top prospects to get that done but, like, he, he would also be a really good addition to the rotation just because of that, his ability to mix pitches and, and keep guys off balance. And he would have a chance to learn from Hyunjin Ryu, one of the best at doing that. So, this is how the Blue Jays have set themselves up. But it also doesn't get into the work they've actually put in in the international market in building this up. And we're going to talk about that after we talk about Built Bar. Because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and is delicious and comes in all the flavors like cookies and cream and carrot cake and German chocolate and banana bread and salted caramel and even coconut if you're feeling frisky. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate, be it dark or white, as they have teas. They're soft, they're easy to chew. If you're looking to lose or maintain weight and still get that tasty chocolate in your mouth, Bilt Bars are great for that. They're low calorie. They're low in sugar. They're high in protein and fiber. If you're doing the keto thing, it's great for that. And right now, if you go to BiltBar.com, they're offering 25% off everything and a free advent calendar with any purchase and two free candy cane brownie bars. Perfect for the holidays. It's a perfect stocking stuffer. Just drop them in. Like, 
And and people won't even be like, oh, you want me to lose weight? Because they're delicious and tasty. You won't even think that. They'll just be like, oh, a tasty treat in my stocking. And they even have white chocolate, as I said. Cherry Sunday and Coconut Deluxe right now. So go to BuiltBar.com. Get yourself all that cool stuff and some tasty treats delivered in your mailbox. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. So I did want to talk briefly about the international market that the Blue Jays have been able to develop. And obviously the biggest uh, name out of that this year for the Blue Jays was Alejandro Kirk, who came up and, you know, did exactly what Alejandro Kirk does. He he appears and he hits the ball. He has had an on-base percentage at 400 or higher in each of the past three seasons, and that includes the nine games he played for Toronto this season in 24 AB at-bats. He was on-base... 400% of the time. He had a 375 batting average, his slugging percentage of 583. And he's 22. And he's a catcher. That is so tantalizing. And I know it, a lot of that damage came against the Yankees in that one game where he went 4 for 4 and had the home run. But still, 22 and a catcher. And can move. But, yeah, a lot of people got excited. And that's, again, that's that's the development that the Blue Jays have been able to cultivate. And, you know, I've mentioned in Lindor trade packages a guy like Orelvis Martinez, who's their number seven prospect. He's a 19-year-old, highly regarded shortstop that, um, that they were able to sign in 2018. Um, it's been compared to a young Adrian Beltre, which that's going to play for anyone. Um, guys like Gabriel Moreno, who they signed in 2016, started to develop. Moreno's probably going to be blocked by Alejandro Kirk for a while, so he's an option to be dealt. But, um, it just continues with the Blue Jays being able to build that depth and, and use their scouting to be able to get these assets together. Um, and even the draft, they did all right. They got Austin Martin, obviously. They got CJ Van Eyck in round number two. Um, they signed him to above slot an above-slot deal, which meant they gave him more money than would be expected um, in that spot. Uh, Trent Palmer in the third round as well. Um and both those guys jumped into the top 30 prospects immediately. C.J. Van Eyck is number 11. Trent Palmer is number 27. And then Nick Frasso, their fourth-round pick, is number 24. So they did a good job, you know, continuing to fill out those holes. And I did quickly want to want to just go to the, um, to the best tools. Because I think there are a couple names that, that are surprising. We've already talked about Nate Pearson and Simeon Woods Richardson and how good they are in their respective fields in regards to Nate Pearson's fastball and Simeon Woods Richardson's control and arsenal. Um, the best curveball on the prospect list, according to Mike Rosenbaum, 
of MLB.com belongs to Patrick Murphy, and that's kind of why I've thrown Murphy's name in that Cleveland deal as well. Just um, because he he's another guy who came up this year, showed he could be a very useful piece at the major league level, and is able to get a lot of ground balls with that curveball. So I wanted to I wanted to mention that real briefly, and then um, the best fielding tools. Um, couple names I don't think a lot of people would realize are on there. The best arm, according to Rosenbaum, belongs to Chavez Young, who is the outfielder from the Bahamas that the Blue Jays have. He's number 30 on their prospect list. Um, he was the 39th round pick in 2016, so strong Kevin Pillar vibes. Um, but he's a switch hitter who has a cannon uh, from the outfield. Um, I've, I've seen a bit of buzz about him. He played in Dunedin in 2019. Um, he did all right. He batted 247 uh, with a 315 on base. So he does need to improve with his bat a little bit. But, you know, there there is some progression there. He just needs to show a bit more before he gets stuck like Roman Fields did at triple a and then doesn't end up um really developing much past that but then the other guy who has mentioned the best pure athlete among the prospects the best runner the best fielder is Desan brown and if you're looking for someone to take that canadian torch for the blue jays Desan brown's going to be the guy to that's most likely to do it unless they make a trade or something like that third round pick by toronto in 2019 they took him out of high school in ontario believe he's mississauga kid um but um they they bought him out of going to texas a&m um he has speed to burn like he, he's going to be the next in that Anthony Alford line of guys like who can flat out fly, but need to be able to put it together at the plate to be able to to make a real go of it. And like, again, he's a 19 year old. He's got plenty of time to work on it. Um, when he was at Bluefield last season in the Appalachian League and poor one out for the Appalachian League. Batted 222, um, but still a 444 on base percentage. And nine walks against 17 Ks, which is great. If, you, if you're not going to put lumber on the baseball, at least, you know, make sure you get on base. And he had six stolen bases in 14 games. That'll play. So he's another guy who... I would keep an eye on in the next couple years. He could very easily surpass guys like Jonathan Davis and Forrest Wall on the depth chart. And if he starts putting to get things together at the plate a little bit, hitting a little more consistently than Billy Hamilton, he's a guy who you could see with the Blue Jays sooner rather than later. MLB.com has him projected to arrive in 2023, but... The Blue Jays have shown, like, if they feel they can compete, they're going to get guys up who they feel will help them. And a guy like Desan Brown, with his speed, 
with the way Charlie Montoya is managing with analytics, the way he pulls people for pinch runners at will, even if they come at rather baffling times, means a guy like Deson Brown will be very valuable. Um, but they don't have to worry about him for a couple years. Like He won't be Rule 5 eligible until uh, 2022. So plenty of time to develop them and, and see what they get from him. But just a, a couple of interesting names I wanted to throw out there and just let you think on as we reach the end of this episode. Just a reminder, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Um, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Locked on Jays. All the episodes are posted on Twitter um, with links and stuff. So you can check it out there. Although it, it's easier to subscribe. Just subscribe. It, it just gets it right to your device of choice and means you don't have to go searching every time. Um, alternatively, you can just follow me on Twitter at a underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb, but it's useful. And yeah, we will try and do this again. I'm going to try and have a, at least one more episode up tomorrow, um, because we need to talk about the stadium, (laughs) the good and the bad, just, oh my God. Like, I, I want a new stadium, but the way they're doing it is weird. So, we'll discuss that tomorrow. But until then, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jsrunacoach.com, I'm Angie Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to tonight's episode. And y'all take care.